What if interest rates triple? Triple. So let's say you got a mortgage at 2% today, five years uh, from now, 6%. Is it the end of the world? Will property prices uh, you know, collapse and uh, will, will it really be end times? Well, let's dig into the actual math. So rather than make noise about how rates can only go up, which is kind of a ridiculous statement, we should actually first and foremost be aware that rates can go any way, any which way of three different directions, right? They can go up, they can go back down, they can still go down from where they are, or they can just remain flat for an extended period of time. And, and we've certainly seen that over the years. And when they do move, they typically move in very small increments, a quarter point here, a half point there. Uh, certainly the Bank of Canada tends to limit their movements to quarter point increments. And they only have eight meetings per year. So could you see a 2% jump inside 12 months? I suppose you could in theory, but that's somewhat unlikely. But I do guarantee you, that some media outlet will write the headline 100% increase in interest rates or interest rates double. That will come out when the Bank of Canada moves the overnight lending rate from where it is today, 0.25% to 0.5%, right? When they move it a quarter point, which is going to be about a $50 swing on the average $400,000 mortgage, a $50 a month payment difference for somebody in a variable rate mortgage, for instance. So very, very minor, but those headlines technically would be correct. But it's a bit like you curling a one pound weight and then going to two pounds, and now your headline, your post can be 100% increase in the weight I'm lifting. I mean, yeah, but you weren't, like you were, you were, you were right next to zero, so who cares? But that's what we're going to kind of see in, in, in the headlines. It, it will come. I guarantee you will see interest rates double when the Bank of Canada goes from a quarter point to a half point. But let's get down to the real math here around my own inflammatory headline. What if interest rates triple? Well, what indeed? Does that mean that the payment triples? No. From the interest rates double uh, video, if you saw that, you're well aware that the, the doubling of the rate does not double the payment and a tripling of the rate does not even come close to tripling the payment. No, now for the numbers here, we're gonna use again a 25 year amortization that captures the majority of first time home buyers in particular, people with less than 20% down. So again, our baseline numbers today, July of 2021, we're gonna use an interest rate of 2%. So let's say on a $100,000 balance, a 2% interest rate, a 25 year amortization, a five year fixed term, a payment monthly of $423 a month. Now I'm using $100,000 because your mortgage is likely two, 253, 354, four being the average. You can multiply the, the examples here by four to get the numbers, but that's what we're gonna use as an example is a $400,000 mortgage. But for every $100,000 somebody's borrowing today on a 25 year amortization, their payment is roughly 425 a month. So what about renewal time five years from now? What if interest rates have in fact tripled all the way up to 6%, which no doubt your parents or grandparents are saying is absolutely going to happen. And you know, your parents and grandparents have generally been absolutely wrong about all of this for, well, their whole lives, basically. The ones who were around back in 1981, who actually had a mortgage back in 1981, they're still suffering from PTSD from that experience. Now, I hope my own parents chuckled when I said that, but it was a traumatic experience and it shaped their brains, you know, for the rest of their lives. But anyway, are we going to see 6%? 
I mean, no one's got a crystal ball, so, but let's just apply the math. The math to the average Canadian household. So currently in Canada, the average new mortgage balance is $400,000. To qualify for a $400,000 mortgage requires a down payment, great credit, and most importantly, really well-documented income, a strong employment picture, an income of $80,000. $80,000 income gets you a $400,000 mortgage, assuming no other debts in your life. Now, thanks to an extreme stress test that was introduced January 1 of 2018, the maximum mortgage payment that our our sample household qualifies for today is $1,700. $1,700 payment set against $6,700 of gross monthly income. Now, we don't live in a world of gross pay, though. So after the 25% income tax hit, our borrower is basically left with $5,000 cash in hand each month. $60,000 a year after tax. So the opening $1,700 payment leaves our borrower with $3,300 to cover insurance, gas, groceries, life expenses. So again, you picture an individual with an $80,000 income, they take a $400,000 mortgage, they make their monthly payment, they have $3,300 left each and every month to get them through life. That sounds pretty doable. Uh, If we're talking about a family of four with an $80,000 collective household income, that's definitely a little tighter, but $3,300 to get that family of four through the rest of the month, it's doable. I mean, it is the the average math, so it, it it is clearly doable. But to go further, we need to ask this key question, five years from now, what will our borrower's income be at that time? Because the day they close in their new home today, their income was $80,000. But is it plausible they will receive a 1% raise each year? If so, then they'll be at $84,000 gross income come renewal time, 62.5 net, so about $200 a month more. Now, what if rates have tripled while staying on track to pay the mortgage off, keeping the amortization the same, so no special maneuvers to try and make it uh, make it any easier on our, our sample family here, or our sample borrower. At a 20-year amortization, a net new rate of 6%, the new payment goes from $1,700 up to $2,400 a month, an increase of $700 a month. Now, that's not nothing. But it's also probably not the end of the world because let's just do like a little bit of a reality check here. The odds are that an $80,000 household income uh, is probably representative of of an individual or a family paying $2,200 to $2,500 in rent today anyway. So, you know, again, as a percentage of the income, that figure isn't totally out of whack. And let's also recall that our borrowers had $3,300 of cash in hand after tax, after the mortgage payment, with no raise factored in. So, all right, taking $700 of that $3,300 away and whittling down to $2,600, probably not super tough if we're still talking about a a one-person household, of which there's about 4 million single-person households in Canada. Certainly, if this is a family of three or four and... You know, there hasn't been any kind of increase in income over the five-year period, and we've had rates triple, like a $700 a month hit. That That's going to hurt. But again, it's probably not insurmountable. There's going to be something that will be done, and it won't be foreclosure, but we'll touch on foreclosure. But that scenario is somewhat unlikely because, again, what is it that drives interest rates up? Well, some might say inflation. Well, sure, okay, and inflation is the sign of what? It's a sign of a healthy, growing economy a reasonable amount of inflation. And generally speaking, rising interest rates relate 
to business picking up and most likely wages as well. So the two things kind of go hand in hand. It's unlikely you're going to have a nice steady increase in interest rates and not have a steady increase in income. So with a 1% annual raise, our borrower isn't taking a $700 hit at renewal. It, it's now about a $500 hit, still not nothing, still pretty painful. But again, in a 6% interest rate world, it's a lot more feasible that the raise has been perhaps more reflective of a 2% annual bump, which would increase their cash in hand to $5,450. So a $450 net raise to offset the $700 per month increase. These borrowers would still have $3,050 a month cash in hand after their mortgage payment and after taxes each month. Now I realize I'm saying the raise is what's gonna make the difference, but I'm also trying to stress the point that it is unlikely you're gonna see a world where interest rates are rising like crazy and incomes are stagnant. That's just, I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's not as likely, it's less likely. So ultimately a mortgage payment increase of $700 for our average borrower, as I say, it is unlikely as our rates tripling to 6%, also somewhat unlikely, certainly along with a 0% uh, wage increase over those five years. But even in that extreme analysis, there is still a reasonably healthy cushion there, certainly for many borrowers, certainly not all. It's far more likely that the reality though is somewhere in the middle with an interest rate increase that moves the payment about the same amount as the net take-home pay is moving as well. And the bottom line here is it will take more than a few hikes in interest rates to cause any notable damage to the Canadian real estate market. A footnote that deserves to be more than a footnote, um, what are the primary causes of foreclosure in Canada anyways? Well, about one in 300 mortgages in Canada goes to foreclosure. It was 0.32% or something the last I saw. So about one in 300. Now, three out of four of those are actually mortgages on investment properties, which represents about 4% of the total mortgages on the typical bank's books. So imagine running a company where you've got a product that only 4% of people actually take, but it represents 75% of your headaches because in Canada, foreclosure is a headache for the lender. It's part of why the guidelines are so stringent. Banks don't wanna own your property. That's not how it works in Canada. They don't get to own your property anyway. They don't want a, a file going into foreclosure. It's a headache. So what about the one in 1200 that are owner occupied? Like the one in 1200 properties that actually go into foreclosure and it's actually an owner occupied property. It is typically the same old story, the three Ds, death, disability, divorce, or a combination thereof insert joke there. Two of the three Ds, death and disability, you can insure yourself against for a very, very low monthly cost in most cases. So there's a real question for you to consider. Have you tackled your insurance? Are you insured for not just death, but disability? Likely not, and likely you won't do anything about it. And I'm probably talking to a man because, well, that's how that seems to go. And that's really unfortunate. The third D, Divorce. Well, what's the insurance you can get against that one? Well, look, I mean, how much does it cost you to say I love you three times a day? 
It's probably that simple. So look, yes, all of the above math was based on fixed interest rates. And no, I am not a fan of fixed rate mortgages, fixed rate mortgages in particular, the five-year, seven or 10-year, worse still. They do more financial damage to Canadian households than just about any other financial product. I mean, two out of three Canadians are triggering prepayment penalties that they had no idea were coming, nobody forewarned them about, and they are painful. They set people's financial growth back significantly. Prepayment penalties are sorely misunderstood, not just by consumers, but also by the people who work at the financial institutions themselves. So as I say, and I say it more and more often these days, life is variable. Maybe your mortgage should be too. Ultimately, contact your expert mortgage broker for the whole story and set aside any fears that you may have. Thanks very much.